Welcome to the Clarity Podcast. I'm your host, David Prosper. And as a life coach, as a certified leadership and communication trainer, one thing that keeps people back from living a more fulfilled life is one thing. It's called clarity. I've helped thousands of people break past their perceived limitation and start living a more fulfilled life. The purpose of this podcast is to help you find more clarity so you can create more impact. Have you ever experienced failed relationships, like whether it's family, it's platonic, or even romantically? In today's episode, we're going to talk about why relationships fail and how you can avoid some unnecessary pain to having a more successful relationship. And at the end of this podcast, you'll be able to spot relationships that are not in alignment with you, and you'll be able to avoid unnecessary pain. So let's jump right into it, man. Number one, our vibe attracts our tribes. I'll say that again. Our vibe attracts our tribe. And I think our core values, the things that are important to us, if it's not in alignment, what happens is we're in disalignment. Just think about it. If your car is not in alignment, what happens is it's going to veer left or it's going to veer. And what happens is you can't drive that car straight. You're constantly having to create force in order to move the car forward so when the core value is not in alignment you will veer and you veer left but what happens is you'll start adding unnecessary force to try to make it work so some of the core values that are important to me right you all probably know this by now keeping it hot one of my most favorite core values keeping it hot which means honest open transparent and I believe I can be honest without being hurtful, being open to receive feedback and being transparent. Who I say I am is who I am. Like my words matches my actions. I am not in the business of trying to be liked by people because I'm already loved by God. Another thing is culture, right? Like culture, we think of it's only in the business terms, but what if we take business terms and apply it to our relationships? Right. If someone is not a cultural fit in your workplace, what happens is eventually either they leave or or they get let go. And cultural fit is our backgrounds. It's our ability to have diversity and inclusion and diversity in thought. Diversity in background is in tradition. It's a space where people feel seen, but more importantly, they feel belong. So if it's not a cultural fit, and we're trying to make it work, then again, we're applying more for force into it. So culture is our tradition, is our backgrounds, it's our paradigms. And if it's not a cultural fit, it doesn't fit. You know what I'm saying? So we'll keep it real simple. And one of the things I was actually having a conversation with one of my accountability partners talking about the book that I recently read, like dating in the first 21st century. It talked about how whether a relationship is inspiring or depriving i'll say that again whether a relationship is inspiring or depriving and we only know that when we leave the conversation so there's times where we leave conversation and there's times that i've left conversations i'm like damn that was a waste of an hour or damn i feel more discouraged or damn that, that wasn't cool like it was the draining it was like the negativity and all that stuff and there's other times i left the conversation i was like damn like i, I left leaving four hours on the table that was the best four hours of my life just having a conversation i feel so energized i still i feel so refreshed i feel so motivated so the question that we always have to ask ourselves 
and why oftentimes relationships fail is because we typically gravitate towards negativity versus inspiration. And oftentimes when we're deprived versus inspired, what happens is it's not a cultural fit. It's not an alignment and our vibe is not attracting our tribe. And that's number one, right? Off the bat, our vibe attracts our tribe. And oftentimes we are in tribes that don't match our vibes. And I think this is only my belief, right? And I'm not an expert at this by any means. I failed enough times to understand what works and what doesn't work, just like Thomas Edison. And I, I found ways where it doesn't work and I found ways where it does work. So that is number one, why our relationships fail is because our vibes don't match our tribes. And number two, why relationships fail. Without vision, relationships die. I'll say that again. Without vision, relationships die. The Bible talks about where there's no vision, people perish. In another text, it says, where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. AKA, if you don't know where the relationship is going, it's likely to go nowhere. Oh, mind blown. I'll say that again. If you don't know where the relationship is going, it's likely to go nowhere. And or is likely to go somewhere that you don't actually like where it's going. And what happens oftentimes is that we get in relationships and we're we're so infatuated with the connection that we have. And it's like, this is the best relationship I've ever been in. And we're in that honeymoon state where we're just like captivated by their presence. We're captivated by their conversation. We're captivated by the novelty and the newness of it. And this is the best thing ever. This is my soulmate. Yet oftentimes we don't know where the relationship is going or we don't have a plan going into it. So imagine if you were to get hired and the employer says, hey, I love your skill set. I'm bringing you on this team and I know that you're going to be a valuable asset and the value you bring is something that we've been looking for. And then later on in the journey of employment, you don't know where you don't know where your growth is happening. You don't know if you can climb the ladder. You don't know whether or not the company is thriving or not thriving. You don't know the direction that the company's going. What happens is you're just like, hold on. And you start reflecting. Why am I a part of this? Where is this going? So if the relationship doesn't have vision, it eventually dies. And oftentimes we get into relationship without intention. We just get to meet sometimes a need, right? Whether we need a companion, whether we need just connection, but when we don't have a vision for the relationship, it often dies. So let's talk more about vision. So one of my visions for my relationship is to restore healthier families and communities. That is my number one vision, to, to develop leaders, to have a healthy ecosystem. That is the vision for my relationship. And how the relationship actually manifests itself is I'm, I'm the first person who has to get healthy. I've done therapy, I've done talk therapy, I've done yoga therapy. I have to get healthy first. And then my partner has to be healthy and get healthy. We both have to pursue healthy habits versus toxic habits. And then from those two steps, I get healthy, they get healthy, we get healthy. Then our family will get healthy. Our communities will get healthy. That is the vision for my relationship. And the question that we should always be asking ourselves 
whether it's in a family, whether it's in a workplace, whether it's romantically, whether it's platonically. Who am I becoming as a result of this relationship? Who am I becoming as a result of this relationship? I had a really bad relationship and I felt myself becoming more angry. I felt myself becoming more aggressive. I felt myself becoming more sarcastic and even sharp with my words. And then there was another relationship I was in and I felt depressed. I felt heavy. I felt negative. I found myself talking negatively about people. I found myself gossiping. I found myself watching shows to condemn people to feel better about myself. And I had to make a decision. I was like, no more. I don't want to do those things. I want to be loving. I want to be joyful. I want to be playful. I want to have heinous moments where I'm just like being in the moment and celebrating others. Those are the emotions. Those are the, that's the person that is the man that I want to become. So it, the relationship either helps me become that or it moves me away from it. Going back to alignment, our vibe matches our tribe. So if we don't have intentions of who do I want to become in this relationship? Oftentimes we become the default setting and negativity. I said that three times is a lot stronger than positivity. It is a lot stronger. So if you're in a relationship that is the default setting is negative, it is likely that you will be the next negative person. My grandfather would always say, tell me who your friends are. I tell you where your future goes. And he would always joke like this too. He was like, just because he was like, coming to church don't make you a Christian. Just like being in a car doesn't, being in a garage doesn't make you a car. It was the most corniest dad joke of all time, but he will say that, but it had so much meaning, right? Coming to church doesn't make you a Christian. And what he would essentially mean by who is in our ecosystem and our default settings and all those things essentially dictate who we become. So the question we should be asking in every relationship, workplace, platonically, romantically, is who are we becoming? And oftentimes, if we don't like that person we're becoming, conflict arises and eventually there's a breaking point in the cross world road and the relationship fell. And then last one, like how to identify a relationship that will work. So we talked about our vibe matches our tribe. We talked about where there's no vision and relationship, it dies. Let's talk about how to identify a relationship that will work. Like here's my matrix, right? This is not, again, I am not no expert in this room, but I am a student who has failed and who has found out ways that it succeeds and ways that it fails. So here's the matrix I've learned over the years. Is this relationship more competitive or collaborative? Is this relationship more competitive or collaborative? And those two indicators will let you know, okay, are we competing against each other or are we collaborating with each other? Let me break it in even more simple terms. Is this a fight and you're on the opposite side of the line of scrimmage and I'm attacking you and you're attacking me or I'm trying to one up you and you're trying to one up me? That's competitive as hell. There can be like friendly competition, right? If you go into bowling night and you're just like, I got this game. There's a healthy level of competition. What I'm talking about is unhealthy competition where we're one upping each other. Like, for example, somebody shares a bad day and then I was like, you know what? I had a worse day than you. What happens is we invalidate that person to have who has the worst days, like the battle of the traumas. But if the relationship is collaborative, oftentimes, okay, how can we come together on this? So if there's a disagreement 
or if there's a decision that needs to be made, how can we come together and unite on it? How can we problem solve together? We listen to each other, we speak. It's, the, it's like volleyball. We're going back and forth with volume. So that's one way we can look at whether the relationship will work or not. Is it competitive, you versus me, or is it collaborative, we versus whoever, right? Send them, squad up. And number two, for how to identify a relationship that will work would be complacency versus growth. Complacency versus growth. Are you comfortable or are you growing? You can't do both. And oftentimes in the beginning of a relationship, it is exciting. It is amazing. Is it electric? It fills us up and we're doing all these things. We're going on these excursions. We're going on these dates. It's freaking dope. And then eventually after the honeymoon phase, we get complacent. And we're just like sitting on the couch, watching a movie, eating some Cheetos, getting that love weight going on. That love weight. If you've been in a relationship, what I'm talking about is love weight. But is a relationship growing or are you complacent? And what happens is that small voice, if it's complacent, we're just getting comfortable and we're just getting through the day and we're just checking in. I think those relationships are just about update. Hey, what's going on in your life? And you update like an updated software or updated app. But are you really connecting? Are you really growing? And we know that when we make progress, that equals happiness. When we make progress, that equals happiness. Think about it, right? When you were struggling to learn something and you've made progress in it, or you had a goal and you made progress on a goal, what did that make you feel like? You felt happier. So if the relationship isn't making progress, if, is it, if it isn't growing, it is dying. First emotionally, then physically. And when I say physically, it's not like a physical death. It's just the connection dies, right? If we're not nurturing the soil in the seed of the relationship, what happens is it eventually starts regressing to old default patterns and eventually dies. First, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, then physically. And then another thing to look for to identify how to, if the relationship will work or not, is comparison versus connection. So we talked about competition versus collaboration, complacency versus growth. And now we're talking about comparison versus connection. And what happens is if the person that you're dating or the person that you're talking to, the person that you're in a relationship with, if the default setting is them constantly comparing themselves to someone or comparing you to someone, that's a red flag, my friend. I say that again, that's a red flag. Because what happens is it's naturally gonna be transferable to you. It's gonna be like, oh, you got this, you got. And what happens is comparison, it is the enemy of connection. I cannot stress this enough. Comparison is the enemy of connection. And what connection means is commonalities that we share that unites us. Comparison, what it does is, what do we have that makes us different? I'll say that again. Connection is what commonalities that unite us in comparison is what do we have that makes us different? We can look at that in our world right now. Social media is one of the things. We're constantly scrolling, comparing ourselves like, oh, she's beautiful. Oh, he looks good. He's ripped. And we subconsciously compare ourselves. And what happens is we feel more and more disconnected. And that leads us to depression and discouragement, etc. low self-esteem. So if the relationship is going to work, 
connection is more important than con comparison. And if you start seeing them compare themselves to someone else or to you, that's a red flag. That's a red flag. I'm just going to throw that out there. Whether you receive it or not, it's truth. And then the last or a couple of things is community versus isolation. How to identify whether relationship or work or not is community versus isolation. And that essentially means who's this? Is this person in community? Do they have their separate tribe? Do they have an ecosystem? And then you start wondering, what is the default setting of that ecosystem, that community? Because one thing I've learned through my many failed relationships is that I cannot compete with the ecosystem the person it is that person is in. If the ecosystem is negative, is gossiping, is backbiting, is all that stuff, just all that negativity and all that stuff, and I'm being super positive, what happens is eventually the community overrides my one positivity, right? If it's one bad fruit in in in, in a bunch of good fruits, the eventually the bad fruit is gonna infect everything else. And then is this person in isolation? Like, are they anti-community? One of the things I've heard many times, and I'm just gonna be transparent, right? Is like people who've experienced church hurt. I want to validate that. Like church hurts are real things. And as a believer, it's a real thing. I've experienced it as a son of a pastor. It's a real thing. At the same time too, there's a lot of hurts and I'm not trying to invalidate people's pain, but to go in isolation, like I'm not going to connect with anyone because people are hypocrites. Congratulations. We're all flawed and sinful and egotistical and selfish, et cetera, et cetera. But in isolation, what happens is it is dangerous, right? And isolation looks in different forms. Is this per does this person have a mentor? Does this person is this person getting poured into? If they're not getting poured into, what happens is we start thinking that we we know it all and we're not learning, we're not growing, and no one is giving us feedback and keeping it real with us. Oftentimes we like people who feed our egos and make us feel good. And if anything is contrary to any of that, we just, oh, I don't like them. They are too judgmental. Nah, they're freaking honest. They're freaking honest. And you need some damn honesty in your life because yes, people don't grow you. And what happens is pride comes before destruction. Are they in community or are they living in isolation? And then the last way to identify whether the relationship will work or not is composure versus control. And what that essentially means is, how does this person navigate stress, adversity, challenges? Do they address it or suppress it? Address it or suppress it? How are they navigating it? Oftentimes it's easy to suppress it, sweep it under the rug, and oh, everything is good. When I used to grow up in church, one of the things people would say was, and it was like, how you doing? Like, blessing Holly's faith out, huh? Too blessed to be stressed. Suppressing all that stuff while they're actually struggling with everything else that's going on in their lives. But that is something to look out for. And then is there a lot of control in the relationship? Is it a controlling relationship? It's just, hey, I want to monitor everything that you're doing. Uh, that's red flags. Control looks in different ways. It's the passive aggressive control and is the active control, right? Is no, I want to see your phone. I want to check where you're going, et cetera, et cetera. Or it's, oh, you're going out again. That's another form of control. So if you're observing these things or you see these things, just so you know, those are red flags. So we talked about three things today. <laughs> Usually these podcasts are a lot shorter, but I'm so passionate about these things. Like how to identify like the third one we talked about was how to identify whether a relationship will work or not. Number two, we talked about without vision, a relationship die. Number one, we talked about our vibe matches our tribe. So 
those are the reason why I believe relationships fail because the vibe doesn't match the tribe. There's no vision of the relationship and we are not filtering healthy behaviors. We're just infatuated with the state that we're in the relationship. But that being said, hopefully you got something from it. If you take away one thing from it, I'm happy. If two things, I'm even happier. Three things, yo, I'm ecstatic. Thank you so much for listening to the Clarity Podcast, a podcast helping people find more clarity so they can create more impact. Leave a review, share with a friend, subscribe today, and connect with me on Instagram at I am David Prosper. Remember, with more clarity comes more impact. Be impactful, my friends.